Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing gears to my 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3.30, Sheena Quick, 1340 Fox Sports. She covers the Panthers like a glove, but the last couple days have been very important for the upcoming NFL draft. Ohio State had their pro day. Alabama had their pro day. She was able to cover it like a glove. She'll join us, talk about C.J. Stroud, talk about Bryce Young, kind of compare and contrast, and just also talk about what the Panthers, if she has an idea what the Panthers are going to do as they sit there at number one. Mailman Raider, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Man, Q, I thought about moving to Vegas because it's cheaper and my Raiders are there. Then I thought about delivering mail in 115-degree weather. Can you give me a job at the station? Laughing my ass off. Mailman Raider, thank you for that text. And yeah, man, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I mean, that that's that's the big struggle, right? Delivering the mail in the 115-degree weather. And it's it's funny, man. The weather's been strange since I've been here. Like, I expected it to be blazing hot like you mentioned. I think the first year I was here, the first summer I was here, it really was. But ever since then, like last year, it wasn't too bad. I, I wore pants for most of the year last the last summer, which I didn't think I was going to do. I thought I was going to be in shorts all the time. So we'll see what happens this summer. But it, it's the weather hasn't really been – it's actually been colder than I expected it to. And my dumb self, and I guess the wife as well, we had no idea – uh, we woke up our first winter here, and we're like, wait a minute, why the hell is it so cold? Well, it gets cold in the desert, too, <laughs> right? It gets hot in the desert, but on the flip side of it, it gets cold in the desert. And so we found that out the hard way. So uh, there's times, man, I'm in a hoodie with the hood up as I go to bed, fully sweats, socks, everything, man. I'm just like, I got to stay warm. So there's that. But we definitely <laughs> appreciate your text, my man. Of course, you can always chime in on the dolbybroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r And when we don't have a guest, you can hit us up at 702-365-9200. We're expecting to have Chrissy Freud, SI.com, in a matter of seconds. DeMond's efforting it right now to talk about quarterbacks coming up in 2023 class. And the thing about it is it's not – when I say class, I don't mean the guys – that are going to be in the draft this year. I'm not talking about Bryce Young. I'm not talking about C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. I'm talking about, you know, the Caleb Williams. I'm talking about the Drake Mays. I'm talking about, you know, other guys from other classes that, that, that are going to be in college for another year. And kind of compare and contrast what the quarterbacks in this year's draft look like to the guys who are going to play another year of college ball and how that extra year. And I think Anthony Richardson is a guy who really could have benefited from one more year of college ball. But if he goes to a team that gives him some burn and gives him an opportunity to get out there on the field, maybe it's the same thing, and he's getting paid for it at the same time. So we're expecting to have Chrissy Freud, SI.com, in a matter of minutes. Again, we've uh, talked to already Mark Craig from the Minneapolis Star Tribune, uh, talking all things about Duke Shelley and, and what he brings to the table. So we're going to do that. And also Vinny Bonsignor also joined us to talk all things silver and black. Let's see. Hold on. Okay, Chrissy's going to join us at 4. <laughs> Chrissy just texted and said she's going to join us at 4. She got caught up at something. So uh, there you go. We're doing a little on-air producing. Uh, let me text it and say, yes, that is good. No worries. So what we'll do is we'll pivot because that's what we do around here. We're okay. We keep our uh, head on a swivel. We'll do a little bit of a Mel Kuyper sound, right? Mel Kuyper, my guy, Mel Kuyper Jr., one of the best to do it, uh, one of the guys that really made the whole draft 
exciting and fun, right? And at the same time, we're going to do these sound bites and let you hear from these, uh, you know, these different things that Mel had to say. But you could also chime in in the meantime, in between time, since we do have open time, 702-365-9200. But uh, he does, him and Daniel Jeremiah, uh, those are the two guys that I always look to as his draft season. And he does two conference calls before the draft. One happened to be yesterday. So I was able to get the audio from it uh, about an hour and a half long. A lot of good stuff. Was able to break it down and bring you stuff that I think is, you know, important as far as, you know, Raider Nation and, and what the Raiders could be looking at. And all the questions and all his answers didn't have to do with the Raiders, but a lot of it had to do with, you know, like elements of what the Raiders could be looking at. Let's put it like that. So there's a lot of stuff that we got that I think is very important for Raider Nation. So uh, he's a guy that does a couple of them. Daniel Jeremiah does a couple of them. When we do that, we like to bring it to the table. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Of course, quarterbacks are always going to be at the top of the list. Again, we're going to be talking to Sheena Quick coming up at 3.30, and we'll talk about C.J. Stroud. We'll talk about Bryce Young. So at the top, Mel Kuyper Jr. had to talk about why Stroud will go number one to Carolina. Uh, and why was it the was it the combine? Is it you know what he did at Ohio State? What is the deal with uh, C.J. Stroud and why we all, including myself, feel like he's locked in at number one? John, I think there's a lot of factors that go into to trying to figure this out. Uh, does Frank Reich stick to what he's done with the bigger quarterback uh, and go with C.J. Stroud? Does he go with the ultimate outlier? And there are some people that feel like you never should draft an outlier. Outliers will – you can't do it. Uh, Bill Polian always drilled that into me when he was up at ESPN. Uh, but Bill always said, Hall of Fame general manager, Super Bowl winning general manager, always said, uh, you don't draft outliers. Uh, you know, Bryce Young is an outlier. There's no way other around that. Uh, you know, so I think that's the, and he plays a great player. So, you know, I mean, people say, I'm going to go back to Todd McShay. Todd said, hey, he's Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's Steph Curry. Okay. If you're Patrick Mahomes, Steph Curry, you're going number one. But then the size factors in. Uh, you know, if you were a little bigger, you know, and I'm not really talking about the height as much. It's the weight. Can he maintain that 204? That's why I think today will be important. Excuse me, tomorrow will be important for that reason, to see what he is when they bring him in for their private workouts. Um, so it's really – it is – you're really close. You're really close. And I think Levis is in that mix for me and Richardson's in there. I think all four of those guys are really close. Um, you know, I went with Bryce Young because I set the bar at 195. And I said, if he's 195 or heavier, I'm going with him. He was 204. So that's why I went with Bryce Young. So I went Young, Levis, Stroud. Levis and Stroud, basically the same grade. And, uh, and Richardson right there as well. So, uh, again, for Carolina, it's going to be interesting to see if Wright deviates and goes away from what he has done at quarterback to go with Young or he sticks with what he's had with the bigger quarterback that goes with the 6'3", 215, 220-pound C.J. Stroud. So that's going to be fun to see how it plays out. I don't know if they made that decision yet or not. Sometimes teams have made that call by the time pro days take place. I've had GM say, I knew going into the pro day who I was taking a quarterback to all the pro days. And I was there for every one of them, but I knew who my quarterback was before the pro days even happened. I had another former GM say, hey, it's not the pro day. Pro days aren't important. It's the private workouts for quarterbacks that are going to be the most critical part of the equation. So we'll see. By the time we get to late April, we're still over a month away. Uh, it's going to be fun to see how this plays out because – uh, like I say, you could argue either quarterback is the right pick, and uh, they have to pick one. So that's why sometimes it's better to get the guy that's left over than the other guy. Let's get the guy they don't take and take him. Sometimes that works out better in the long run. Sometimes it doesn't. There's no perfect way to evaluate quarterbacks. There's no, 
you know, blueprint for success. Uh, it's a lot of hit or misses, as you've seen. Uh, but for quarterbacks, it's got to be your gut feel. you got to trust your gut on quarterbacks. You really do. Everybody sees everything. We see all this. We get all the numbers. You know, you know everything. You can everybody. The information's all out there. There's no private information. Things that they know that we don't know. Everybody knows everything. So it gets down to you know who do you feel is best suited for your team that brings that it factor, brings that attitude, brings that approach that you want. That's why Bryce Young to me. That's why. That's another reason I gave him an edge. And the 195 was the bar with the weight, but he's got that thing that says. Just let me be out there with my team, and I'm going to win games, and I'm going to win the big. I'm going to do what it takes, and I, I just ha I see things that nobody else sees. I can I can decipher things quicker than anybody else can. That's Bryce Young's strength. That's what he does best. Can he stay healthy for a long NFL season? That's what worries me. There you go. Very detailed answer from Mel Kuyper Jr. Breaking it down between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And for the record, in Mock Draft 3.0, he has C.J. Stroud going number one to Carolina, Bryce Young going number two to Houston because of the size of C.J. Stroud. And that's something that Frank Wright, he, he's always had as a quarterback that's bigger than Bryce Young. And that's going to be the big question. Who wants Bryce Young in his size? He didn't weigh in today at his pro day. He weighed in at the combine at 204 and then said, nah, I ain't going to do it today. I'm good. He didn't throw it at the combine, but he's going to throw it today. Got a little gamesmanship going on with Bryce Young. Hey, he, he knows what he's doing, especially he no worked, doubt. bulked up, got the 204. Well, hey, man, look at me at the combine. That's all you need to see. Right. And then what's he got to prove? Everybody's saying, hey, C.J. Stroud, he's got the best arm in the draft. Will Levis is out there. I got a cannon. I'm going to show it. We all saw what Anthony Richardson did. No need to throw either. Why? So I can look bad against these guys? Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> and it's something that you talked about even going back to Jalen Carter when he went and worked out the pro day. You're like, somebody should have told him he didn't have to do that. So someone obviously got in Bryce Young's ear and was like, hey, don't throw at the, at the combine and don't weigh in because you already proved what you had to prove. You came in at 204. He'll never be 204 again. <laughs> I promise you, he'll never be 204 again. But that's okay. He did what he had to do. He's who he is. And what we saw on film and what we saw as him, the quarterback of Alabama, should tell you all you need to know, right? Yeah, yesterday with Jay Steven, you know how he said about C.J. Stroud, oh, man, he's a 7-on-7 seven seven all-star. I feel like with Bryce Young, he's not so much as he's being hurt because, hey, it's either one or two, but people are starting to slight him a little bit because what makes him so special is what he does in the actual game. Right. And, we ha and hey, there, there's not like an all-star game or anything that we can put together from now until the draft. So he's not wowing you in shorts from the combine or his pro day. So I think that that's hurting him because what makes him so special, you don't get to be the Steph Curry of football as some people are trying to say about him because, hey, it's the improvisation. It's making something out of nothing, and people don't get to see that because it's not as fun to go back and just watch the tape. No doubt about it. We'll get into some more Mel Kuyper Jr. sounds in just a bit, but let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q and Demond, thank you for taking my call. Um, good call on that, on him not weighing in. You, you know he ain't going to weigh that much ever again. And if Reggie McKenzie was still there, he could get one of them old-school scales we used to weigh our baggies out with and then clip his shirt onto that and hold him up. But our GM ain't that big anymore. But um, I wanted to chime in on the whole, on the whole draft situation. Um, I'm going to keep it on the positive for once and – it's it's good to, it's good that we have so many holes for once to say this because whoever's there at seven I think we need to stay pat at seven whoever's there that's the best guy defensively 
can fill a need. We have needs at all three levels. So that at least gives me hope that they can, for once, break the mold of going for, hey, we need this, we need that, and go for the literal best player available in the defensive, in any defensive position, the best player available because we literally need guys on all three levels. Uh, thank you for taking my call, and you have a great day. Hey, good stuff, Fargo. Appreciate the call. And, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was talking about yesterday, and I know a lot of people kind of got up in arms, but, you know, I don't think that the Raiders should pigeonhole themselves and say, this is what we need more than anything, so we're going to go and get him right now at number seven. You have 12 draft picks. Whoever you feel like is your best player, especially on the defensive side of things because they have so many holes, like you mentioned, that's the thing. If they had a solid defensive line and they just needed a corner, maybe you can go up and just prioritize a corner or vice versa. If you had a solid corner and you needed just a defensive tackle, go prioritize that. But in this situation, when you got as many holes as you have, why prioritize anything? Just know that, hey, we've got to get better on all levels. That's the most important thing to me. Get important, getting better on all levels. D-line, corner, linebacker, safety, every position needs to be addressed. There ain't no position in this upcoming draft, especially on the defensive side of the ball, the Raiders could say, oh, we're good. Not one. Not one. And I could really argue on the offensive side of things, outside of wide receiver, right? There's some positions that need to be addressed as well, but obviously defense has got to be a priority. And there's not one position on the defensive side of the ball that, that the Raiders could say, oh, yeah, we're solid there. There ain't no doubt about it. We don't need to address that. They could use another edge rusher. They can use another interior defensive lineman. They could use linebackers. They sure could use corners. And they sure could use safeties. No doubt about it. Fargo, thanks for that call. 3.15 is the time. When we come back, Mel Kuyper Jr. will deep dive into a couple more of his sound bites. Then we'll get to Sheena quick. She covers the Panthers, but she's going to talk to us about C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, their pro days. They had them back-to-back, Ohio State, then Alabama. We'll do all it all next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Sheena Quick joins us coming up at 3.30 here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Talk some Duke Shelley, the latest quarterback for the Raiders. They signed him earlier today. He played in 11 games in 2022 with Minnesota. Had five starts, career highs in tackles, interceptions, and pass defense. Had 30 tackles, an interception, and eight passes defense. From Minnesota, he comes over to the Silver and Black and uh, got a lot of good insight on him. Mark Craig from the Minneapolis Star Tribune joined the show to talk about what what kind of player the Raider Nation should expect. And I think a lot of people are excited and a lot of people are angry. And the ones that are angry are Minnesota fans. Central Coast Raider tweeted at me, Q, my brother-in-law is a Vikings fan. His reply when I sent him the post, and it was the post that the Raiders sent out that uh, Raiders landed in Vegas. We have signed unrestricted free agent Duke Shelley, and his response was, no, 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 with one, two, three, four, six, six angry emoji, emojis with uh, basically censor over their mouth. So he was very angry about that. So there you go. That's kind of the reaction uh, right there, right? I mean, you see the reaction from Minnesota fans that they're very upset that Duke Shelley is no longer a member of uh, the Minnesota Vikings and now will be rocking here in Las Vegas with the silver and black. Also, We've been uh, hearing from Mel Kuyper Jr. He did his pre-draft conference call. He'll do another one right before the draft. Of course, we'll bring that to you here on Raider Nation Radio 920 as we are deep diving into the draft. And I know that free agency is still going on, but it's starting to slow down a little bit. And I think the Raiders are still doing a good job, you know, when it comes to the moves that they are making. Matter of fact, my guy It's Jr. on Twitter says, sounds like we've landed a potential steal. That's the case. Everyone deserves a lot of credit. Suddenly, these positions have become solid and deeper in depth. And DeMond, the one thing I'll say... 
The tune has changed a lot since last week at this time, right? Last week at this time, there was a lot of angry Raider fans. Now, it's almost like a lot of people are seeing the vision, seeing the ideas, thinking, okay, they're making some pretty pretty good decisions. Yeah, I think that everybody is now realizing that after the first day, after the second day, where you see, okay, Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers, they, those are going to be the biggest splashes that they make. Well, you got to see the vision where, hey, it's the draft that's important for mm-hmm. these guys. It's the draft. So I now think that everybody's on board. Get on the train of, hey, they need to hit on this draft. So I think that that's where people is yeah. just, hey, 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 save your anger if you want to be angry. Because these free agents, if they hit or miss, it's good. It's good if they do, obviously. Good for these guys in their careers. But you shouldn't expect Robert Spillane to be, as everyone says, we haven't had that that one linebacker since, you know, the 90s. Right. Well, don't expect him to be that. He's just supposed to be a solid piece. But if he does pan out to be more than that, good for him. Right. But it's the draft that you should be looking at. Or if, maybe if it's by week seven and you're like, hey, man, that first rounder that we drafted isn't that good. That's when you should be angry. But don't be angry right now in the middle of March. Right, exactly. It, is, it really does no good to be angry at the middle of the March. But I, I like how Raider Nation is really starting to, you know, kind of come around and say, you know what, things aren't looking as bad as we all thought. Cool because, hits. yeah, well, everyone was looking at the big name, the big splash, and just realized, one, as we pointed out a bunch of times here on the show, there wasn't a ton of those big name, big splashes out there available anyway. And the ones that were, were kind of like, they weren't really the A-plus guys, and they were getting A-plus guy money. And Dave Ziegler and company were not. Going to do that. So let's get back to some sound bites from Mel Kuyper Jr. We're kind of doing all things quarterbacks here. And it's funny, last year, and I mentioned this multiple times, there was one quarterback taken in the first round, Kenny Pickett. Pittsburgh took him, which is funny because he's a pit guy, and he basically switches sides of the locker room, and that's it. Now all of a sudden he's in the home team playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was the only quarterback taken in the first round. That was the one year that that wasn't the focus was the quarterback position. This year, all of a sudden, we're talking about four guys in Mel Kuyper Jr.'s position. He had four guys going in the top five. He had C.J. Stroud going number one. He had Bryce Young going number two. At number three, he had Indy trading up, swapping spots with Arizona and taking Will Levitz. And then at number four, it was Arizona taking Will Anderson. And then number five, he had Seattle taking Anthony Richardson. So that's a historic draft if all those quarterbacks turn out to be fantastic. When's the last time four out of the top five guys were quarterbacks, and they were all great, right? We can go back and look and be like, yeah, that was a miss. That was a miss. That was a miss. That was, oh, that was a good one. That's a miss. That's a miss. You know what I mean? Like, that's most likely what will happen before all these guys hit. So Mel was asked about this quarterback class with four of the top five guys being uh, quarterbacks according to his pick. Was this a class that could be a potential all-decade all class or, you know, one of those classes that you look back and be like, man, they were all fantastic? Or is this more teams desperate for need and reaching for a quarterback? Bryce always had the elite grade. You knew the size was going to be an issue, but you know he's a great quarterback, so he was going to be up there at the top. You knew that C.J. Stroud had a chance to be based on what he did last year, and he just went out and did exactly the same thing. I mean, he's at 70% the last two years. He doesn't throw interceptions. And what he did against Georgia, you wish you would have seen that. He didn't have any rushing touchdowns. So, again, he'll be able to use those legs in the NFL to beat a defense. So that put him way up there. Anthony Richardson just on talent. I think that Utah game, I think people look at that and say, boy, if we could just bottle that game. We, we always say for C.J. Stratton, we could bottle the Georgia game, right? If we could bottle that Utah game for, for, for Anthony. Boy, he's spectacular. So, again, and I think, like I said, if you can just figure out and, and do what Josh did, Josh Allen, to figure it out, get the people. Everybody has to work on those things, and he can work on it and, and, and hopefully fix that. So I think, you know, the, the, the talent of them, and Will Levis. I love Will Levis. Some don't think he's going to go as high as that. Uh, 
I think you throw out 2022. Why would you evaluate 2022 when he was playing with significant injuries? beat up from head to toe. He couldn't move. He had nine rushing touchdowns in 2021. He had zero over the last eight games this year because he couldn't move. He couldn't plan. He couldn't throw. That affects your accuracy. He was behind in games where he just kind of threw it up. The interceptions were, were didn't even matter. What's the difference? You're going to lose by 15, 20, or you're going to lose by 30, 35. Does it really matter? Um, he, and, he, and he stayed out there and he gutted it out. And he was showed up for their bowl game to at least be there. He, didn't, he wasn't absent from their bowl game. He did not travel for their bowl game. He wasn't not with their team for their bowl game. He was with them every step of the way. That showed something. So uh, is he perfect? No. The turnovers, you got to fix that. Daniel Jones fixed it. Josh Allen fixed it. I think you can fix that. So uh, I'm higher on Will Levis than some people are. We'll see. But to answer your question, I think it came together for those guys, Stroud and, and Richardson had that one great game. But talent of those guys is going to win out. And Bryce Young had always been way up there. Um, we'll have three, possibly four going very, very high, and all four should have a chance to be, if things fall right, have a chance to be great. Now, Anthony Richardson, there's that boomer bust. Some think Will Levis is boomer bust. Bryce Young's size makes you worry, right? And C.J. Stroud, will he take that Georgia game and build on it? So there is concerns with every one, but they're still all four going to go very high. I like that breakdown right there from Mel. He's talking about the highs and the lows. From all these quarterbacks, because there are lows, right? There are things to, to look at and say, okay, that's a concern right there. I like that he pointed out the lows and the highs and not just focus in on one area of the, the the quarterback position and what they do as far as their game goes. One guy he didn't talk about was Hendon Hooker. Our guy, Hardcore Raider, calls in all the time and says Hendon Hooker is his guy. So Mel was asked, could Hendon Hooker be a first-round pick? I don't think – I never say never because um, I've been shocked before. Uh, I'm not going to project them to go in the first. I'm not going to have a mock draft of them in the first. I'm going to probably – I have right now a second, third-round grade on Hendon Hooker. You say, why the third? Because of the injury, the durability. He's had a couple injuries. He was hurt this year. He's going to be 25 years of age. Um, played in a quarterback-friendly offense at Tennessee with some really good receivers like Jalen Hyatt and, uh, and Cedric Tillman and Blue McCoy. Um, and some good offensive linemen. Darnell Wright did a great job neutralizing Will Anderson Jr. this year. Um, so I'll, I think he could go second round, at worst probably third round. There you go. Mel Kuyper talking about Hendon Hooker, and I think that gives Raider Nation hope. You know, maybe maybe he won't be a first-round guy. I keep thinking that he will be, but maybe he won't. Maybe he'll end up being just like you heard from Mel right there, a second-round guy late – I mean a third-round guy – come worse. And I think that'd be great if if he was, not for him, obviously, but for the Raiders, if you were to fall the second round, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, for me, I'm thinking, I'm looking at it as the other teams in the draft. If four quarterbacks are taken in the first round already, and maybe if you even are looking at Hendon Hooker, you can't pass up on some of that great talent that's still going to be there available in the first round now because so many teams got a quarterback hungry. Right. So for me, I think that that would factor more into not so much as his talent or what you project him to be, but more of, oh, man, that guy that we probably didn't think we could get in the first round now is available. So that's going to be the reason that he slides to the second. No doubt about it. Good stuff right there from Mel. We'll get some more, sprinkle some more in, in between uh, now and the end of the show. But uh, coming up next, Sheena Quick. She talk, covers the Carolina Panthers, but she's been all over the past couple of uh, pro days with Ohio State and Alabama. We'll talk about it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Recently retired quarterback Tom Brady has now some interest 
going on in Las Vegas. What interest is that? Well, we'll tell you in about 15 minutes here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. But joining us now on the phone lines, our good friend Sheena Quick from 1340 Fox Sports, uh, at Sheena underscore Marie 3 on Twitter. And Sheena, how are you doing? You survived the combine? Everything going good? I survived. Everything is good. I, I, it took me about a week to recover, but I'm here. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that was my first combine, and that was busy. That was a really busy time. So, yeah, it took oh, me a yeah. few days to recover as well. But ever since the combine, the Panthers, all they did is move up from number nine to number one in the NFL draft. How has that yeah, changed the game? <laughs> what What is your thoughts on, on that? What do they do now, now that they control the draft? I mean, like you said, they control the draft. I think that they're going to do their due diligence and looking at all of these prospects and not having to hope that a team ahead of them does not pick the, the guy that they want. The only other place that they really could have tried to trade up to was three, but even then, more than likely, Indy, the Indianapolis Colts probably would have jumped up to that number one spot, and you're still picking the third-best quarterback or your third-best prospect. Right. To that number two spot. So, I mean, they're willing and dealing, and you can tell that this is definitely a different regime from the last head coach. Um, there's tons, decades, I want, someone said almost 200 years of experience on right. the staff. You have Jim Caldwell on the offensive side. Dom Capers on the defensive side, they control the draft. They have a, a good nucleus of young players and young vets already. So, I, I mean, it's going to be an interesting 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> No, I really will. And look, the last couple of days has been some big high-profile uh, pro days, as you very well know. Ohio State yesterday and today, Alabama. 14 members of the Carolina Panthers, including the owner, David Tepper, were on site. I mean, I've never seen that. I've never heard that. How surprising and shocking was that to you that all those guys were there at the con- – or not the combine, but at the pro days? Well, I'm not shocked because the message that they've been preaching ever since the staff was assembled – was that everything would be collaborative. It was going to be by committee. And that's why you see so many people at these, at these pro days because those are people whose opinions are really going to matter come April 27th. Um, you know, you have Thomas Brown, who's a younger OC, but then you have Frank Wright. You have, again, Josh McCown. You have a guy who had tons of experience. You have Jim Caldwell as a senior assistant there. So it's definitely a collaborative effort, and that's what, the approach has been from, from what we in the media see, what I see at the stadium, and what the, you know, the masses are starting to see when they're going to be pro days 12 and 13 deep. <laughs> we, it's not going to be a one guy, I want this person, and boom, that's what we're going to do. Everyone's getting their input. Everyone is raising their concerns. You know, They're sharing their weaknesses and, and strengths when it comes to each of these prospects so that they'll have a thorough, well-rounded decision when it's time for Roger Goodell to hand that Carolina Panthers hat off. You know, we had a guy on yesterday that covered Ohio State like a glove, and I'm just assuming C.J. Stroud's going to be the guy just because, well, he's got the bigger size, and that's kind of what Frank Reich has always gone with. So I asked him, is it kind of a foregone conclusion C.J. Stroud? And he's like, no, not at all. He was very adamant about that. Do you have a gut feeling on which direction Carolina may be going? I don't. I don't. I mean, a lot of people are saying C.J., but a lot of people are saying Bryce Young. Um, you have a couple of people, you know, saying Anthony Richardson is a dark horse. I don't think that the Carolina Panthers know who they want. I mm. feel like they have narrowed it down for sure. Right. But Frank Reich said, listen, don't read in too much into it. I had, a high dra- I had a high grade for Russell Wilson, even though everybody says I like busy quarterbacks. Don't know where that is. Like, I get why they're saying that, but that, that's not, you know, that's not what this is. I had a high grade on Russell, but don't read too deep into that either. You know, he also said that when you have the number one pick, you don't have to play games. You don't have to send smoke screens and smoke signals. 
you have afforded yourself the luxury of being able to take your time and thoroughly make a decision at your own pace. Right. Now that makes like a lot no of one's sense. Picking before you, none of these guys are going to be off the board when it's time for you to pick. So I, that's why I think you're seeing so much collaboration because this is a huge deal. Yeah. No, they got to get it right. They really do. I mean, really, if you're picking a quarterback, really, whatever you're picking in the top 10, you, you're expected to get it right. But when it's the quarterback, it means that much more. Again, we're talking with Sheena Quick here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Go ahead, Damon. Do you think that there's any offer out there that could entice the Panthers to trade back from number one? Um, Not further than number two. Okay. I don't think. Because, again, if, if someone's ready and willing to – Leapfrog the Panthers to get the one, they're probably picking the quarterback. Number two, you're picking the quarterback. Number if if they stay put at three, if the Arizona Cardinals stay put at three, they're not getting a quarterback. But if if the Panthers go to four, you're gonna again get the third best prospect. So I don't know what I couldn't see them trading back further than two, but I don't know what Houston could offer them to piggyback other than or to jump over them other than their number two pick and their number twelve. I don't think they're gonna I, I don't see them doing that. I don't, what player is in Houston that you think would entice the Panthers to give it that number one pick? I can't name them. There ain't one. <laughs> there ain't one. Exactly. It's not now. If they had a, a wide receiver one that they were pitching, things could get a little interesting with DJ Moore in Chicago now. But they don't have that. So I don't think they'll trade back. They, as of Monday, when, when we heard from Scott Fitterer, they hadn't had any um, any proposals or anything like that. Any trade partners that are trying to get them to trade back. So I think they stay put at one. And like you said, when you're picking anyone at one, you're expecting this person to be a franchise changer. And when it's a quarterback, it's even that more important. It's, I want to give two more other reasons that is super important for the Panthers to get this right. Number one, they've been in quarterback purgatory ever since Cam Newton. Right. So they're trying to get back right when it comes to, to from a franchise standpoint. Frank Reich was in quarterback purgatory in Indianapolis, so he needs to get his face back. But then you have the NFC South that's seriously up for grabs. Making the right choice at quarterback, the Panthers could run the South for at least three or four seasons. Just off the, the young talent that they already have on that team and finally getting – they were, they were, what, one game back last season? Right. They yep. were down to QB3. <laughs> they traded Christian McCaffrey, traded Robbie Anderson. You had J.C. Horn and, Deont- and um, Dante Jackson out on the, on the defensive side of the ball. So, and they were only one game out. That just shows you that, yes, <laughs> the, the NFC South is trash right now, but it's, it's there for the taking. One of the players that they did sign this offseason, Adam Thielen, he said that he feel, he signed with them because he feels like, hey, you can win a Super Bowl down here in Carolina. Is that some of the what you're hearing around the team as well, that if they nail the quarterback that they think that they are set up to be a contender for years to come? I think so. I'm not saying they're going to go to the NFC Championship game next season, but they're definitely getting, you know, putting themselves on the right trajectory to actually be competitive and, and be in those conversations. Because the past couple of years, no, look, I could already plan my vacations because I knew they weren't going to the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I already knew. I mean, that's bad, but it was like, oh, yeah, I'm free after, you know, first week in January. Let's party. Like, I don't have any games. Right. <laughs> you know, and um, if they get that position right, I think they could be playing, into the, playing meaningful football in January. And not just because there's 18 games, but because it's the playoffs. Right. I know some people on Twitter. Oh, yeah, you already know. (laughs) You already know. (laughs) With David Tepper as the owner. 
Oh, with David Tepper as the owner, how aggressive is he and committed to winning? Because I feel like he's the owner in the NFL that if there wasn't a salary cap, he would just spend money on every free agent there is. So he's Mark Cuban and Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so, too, because when it comes to him, he's not like a lot of the other owners. He's not, and this is by no means any type of shade. He is a bootstrap, you know, billionaire from the ground up. You don't get to be a billionaire by making the popular choice. You don't get to be a billionaire without taking risks. Now, I don't think we'll see him take a risk like the one he took on that rule with that seven years. But he's also very, very green when it comes to ownership. He has not been an owner for a you know a majority owner for that long of a time. So I think that he what we see now is just in the assembly assembly of this staff that he's put together. We're seeing him grow and mature in that owner role. He knows what not to do now. He knows that okay, I can shake the table, but I don't want to shake it too much that way. I don't want to shake it too much this way. <laughs> so I think he's finding a happy medium to where he's like, okay, it's okay to go with the status quo on some things. I could take risk in this area. You know, he thought a lot of people around the league were pissed when he gave Matt with that seven-year contract. But, again, he was thinking outside the box, forging his own path. And so I think that with the, the way things shook out with that, we see him more so, I don't want to say conforming to the, the, the norms around the league, but he's, he's a little more risk-averse in certain areas. But this, getting this quarterback position right is extremely, extremely important to him. Yeah, there's no I doubt. Jerry Jones quite yet. Right. Uh, he's a healthy, healthy mixture. I heard that. Again, we're, talk, we're talking with Sheena Quick here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. So, again, C.J. Stroud and Ohio State had their pro day yesterday. Bryce Young had his today. And when we were at the combine, Bryce Young didn't do anything except for weigh in. Today at the, at the pro day, he threw, but he didn't weigh in. He's kind of playing a little gamesmanship back and forth. What do you think that Bryce Young had to prove or show today at his pro day? Um, I think he just honestly – and I might be in the minority. I feel like Bryce Young has already shown who he is. Okay. There's plenty of tape. He's not an Anthony Richardson that only has, you know, a, a small sample size of starts under his belt. He's, he's a Heisman winner. He plays in the SEC. He plays in Nick Saban's, um, he plays for Nick Saban. We've seen enough tape on Bryce Young to know what type of prospect he is. I think today was just semantics because he didn't throw in Indianapolis. But I don't think he went out there today feeling like he had something to prove. Um, we don't doubt his leadership skills, you know, and you can see, I didn't really necessarily pay too much attention to it in CJ's um, pro day yesterday. He may have done the same thing, but Bryce guided that workout today. He led that workout. He told the receivers where to go. He told them what routes to run. It was entirely in his hands. And while he might be a little bit more soft-spoken than CJ or an AR or even an sometimes leadership shows up in different ways, mm-hmm. not necessarily in, you know, the tenor of your voice or the, the loudness of your voice or, or being a super-duper extrovert. Sometimes it shows just in, in action right? rather no. than words. So I don't think he went in today feeling like he had anything to prove. He just continued to do what he's been doing, and that's be consistent. He was at the Combine, and he weighed 204. Again, he didn't weigh in today, which is fine, but I don't believe he'll ever play at 204. Is there any concern on your part about his size in general? He can't, he can't change his height, and obviously he's going to play at the weight he is. Any concern about his durability in the NFL? Um, I know it's easy to look at it on paper and say that, but the FCC ain't no slouch. Like, where do these players come from to the NFL? You know, they come from these college programs. I'm not saying that everybody – 
in college football is the same size as the NFL. I'm not saying that. But most of the time when you hear guys talk about adjusting from the college game to the NFL game, they talk about the speed of the game, not necessarily the sizes. And the game is actually changing a lot, and it's starting to favor the offense. It favors the quarterbacks. Those hits that we saw Cam Newton taking a couple years ago, those are illegal hits these days. Will a hit or two slip Look through the crags, the rest of the passer, possibly. But I don't have huge concerns with his durability because he's shown that he could be successful at that size on every single level that he's been on. How much, how much do you think that Carolina could be thinking about him at number one? I think that there's – I think it's – I'm not going to say 50-50. I don't even like to throw percentages out there. But right. I don't think that they're locked in on one player. I think that they're going to continue to evaluate – and I'm not going to say all four because I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be politically correct. I think they're going to continue to evaluate Bryce and CJ. <laughs> right. When it comes, because if you look at their numbers, right, every they're just so even. I don't know if there has been two prospects with, that were that even when it comes to productivity. I could be wrong, but do you guys remember any like any two position prospects? you know, going one and two that, that were that evenly matched? I don't think so. I honestly don't. I mean, I think it's really close either way, and, and, and everybody has their own issues, right? CJ doesn't run except for in the Georgia game, and Bryce can't change his size. I mean, it's, but, but they're still both right. winners. That's, I mean, that's bottom line. I was going to say Jameis and Marcus Mariota, but those two, neither one of them panned out. Yeah. But it was that conversation. It was close. Who was going to be one or two? (laughs) Something I want to ask you about with the Panthers, they've got the red rifle, Andy Dalton. He's going to be the presumable starter until the rookie's ready. But how much patience do you think that the fans are going to have with that rookie quarterback? Because we know that Andy Dalton's there, but I'm sure after maybe week two, it's going to be like, all right, let's see what the quarterback (laughs) of the future can do. If that. Oh, they're definitely going to do that. I mean, and look, look, I don't wish injury on whoever is QB1 for the Panthers next year, but Andy Dalton always starts the season as the backup, and he always ends up playing like six or seven games somehow. <laughs> right. Has there been a season that he was the backup and he played like one or two games? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Even in Dallas, he ended up playing. Right? Remember when he was in he Dallas, up, New Orleans? He up playing. Yeah, yeah. I he, don't know how. He's he the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> he is. He, he definitely is. No matter like what where he starts on the depth chart, he always ends up playing six or seven games. But I think that Panthers fans are definitely realistic when it comes to this rookie. They're just so happy to have someone on the radar that's going to eventually change the franchise. That makes sense. It really does. It's going to be interesting, Sheena. Of course, like you said, we're just a little bit over a month away from the Carolina Panthers making their selection at number one in Kansas City. Looking forward to that. Are you going to be in Phoenix next week for the owners' meetings? Absolutely not. I am not going back outside. <laughs> Listen, the, 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 combine had, the combine had me. I hadn't even fully come, you know, recovered from from Phoenix, you know, so I, I'm not outside again until uh, maybe draft night. All right, see, and look, I was I was about to make sure that you had that Uber ready. I was going to take no, good care no, of you. No, <laughs> no, you had one job. <laughs> you, you failed to answer the call. One job, Q. I know, I know, but I own it. I own it. I own yeah. that I failed at that job. <laughs> So there's that. Well, Sheena, fantastic stuff as always. We love catching up with you. We definitely appreciate you. Before I let you go, Cam Newton worked out with Auburn the other day. You think he has an opportunity to be a backup in the league, or is that, is that a done deal? I mean, you never know. Baker Mayfield's still getting jobs. Right. That part. You never know. <laughs> right. I'm with it. I'm with it. I, I would have no problem seeing Cam in Las Vegas as a backup. Uh, and, and, you know, he's a guy who's been there, done that at least, and he's got familiarity with Josh McDaniels. Well, Sheena, Thanks so much. We appreciate you chiming in with us this afternoon, and we'll catch up with you soon. We'll guess we'll see you in uh, Kansas City.
Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Sheena Quick, good friend of the show, 1340 Fox Sports, covers the Carolina Panthers like a glove. And there you go. Talk a little C.J. Stroud, talk a little Bryce Young. And look, Damon, I mean, we've talked to multiple people now. It's not set in stone who Carolina's going to go with at number one. But they said, you know what, damn it, we're going to get the number one spot. Man, it, you know what? It, it's well, She didn't want to throw percentages out there, but I do think it's 50-50. As of today, it's a toss-up of who they could That's pick. That's wild to me. That is so wild because I, I would think, and look, when they made that move, that was, that was smart, right? They made it very early, and we all said, what? They're making the trade already? So they weren't sold, but they just said, we're going to go get the number one spot, and then we'll decide later because can't nobody tell us anything. But I thought after they made it, let's say that Friday, I'm thinking, it's C.J. Stroud, it's right. C.J. Stroud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they want C.J. Stroud. Right. But today, I don't know. Right. Yesterday's, yesterday's guest is not today's guest. <laughs> <laughs> 349 is the time. Many thanks to Sheena. We definitely appreciate her and her efforts this afternoon. Coming up at the top of the hour, Chrissy Freud from SI.com. She'll talk about 2023 quarterbacks in the not in the NFL draft, but will be playing college ball. We'll do that, but we'll come back and close out hour number two. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Three fifty-two is the time. Having some shenanigans in the hallway. Sylvia was talking about her jacket. Sylvia comes in here yesterday. Matter of fact, come on in. Yeah, come on in. You at the door? Come on in. You feeling froggy? Come on and leap. No, come on. Well, you already in the studio now. You might as well come in. No, I'm not talking crap. I'm, tell- I'm telling the truth. I'm telling what happened. Yeah. Okay. Sylvia's in the studio. She's from our sister station. We definitely appreciate Sylvia. You can find her on comp from, what, 10 to 2? 10 to 3. 10 to 3, 10 mm-hmm. to 4, 10 to 2, whatever the case may be. Whatever she feels like. Sy- Sylvia's like the one of the queens of the building. She kind of walks around and, you know, she kind of does her thing, you know. I chill, man. That's fine. I, my office is right next to the studio. I, I do my own thing. She does. And she's in a, such a bad position because we are the loudest cats in the building. And we walk in and out the studio all day and we're throwing stuff up and down the hallway. Like, we are the misfits in the building. There's no doubt. You're throwing we around very no, liberally. No, it's we. No, it's we. <laughs> no, it's, it's not just no, me. No, I mean, it, like, it's, it's, usually, like, it's usually you. I mean, no. No, no, no. It's us. No, like, I, I, it's, it's rare that I hear Damon. <laughs> Right. It's rare. Okay. Like, That's a big wee. I hear a little bit of bursa from Damon, but it's mostly you. Okay, fine. 95% is you. Okay, I'll own that. I'll own that. So yeah. yesterday, before Sylvia leaves, she walks in and asks myself and Damon, what'd you ask us? I asked if you guys seen my jacket. Because why? Because I didn't. You guys are. <laughs> because it wasn't in my office. And I thought... Why would we see your jacket? I don't know. Why would we be the suspects? Because you guys were here. I thought you guys were playing a a prank on me. Do you want to know the truth? No. No, no. Can we tell her? Damon, can we tell her the truth? truth? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's tell her the truth and make sure she's censored. Just have the dump button ready just in case. Oh, my God. What? We didn't play a a prank on you. Uh We didn't move your jacket and take your jacket. I definitely, and I'll say I, definitely Uh hung the phone up on on your chair, though. That was you. <laughs> I just was like, I told Damon, I was like, randomly, I'm just going to put this this phone. I guess that's what we call it, right? It's, a, it's, it's a, called a phone, it's yeah. A, no, but it's, a, it's like the, the receiver. Landline phone, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. So, was receiver, yeah. So I was like, what was, what's going to be random that she's not going to understand or she's going to look at and say, what in the hell? How did this end up happening? So I said, you know what? I'm going to just stretch this phone all the way to her chair 
and put it there, and she's going to wonder what in the hell happened. And so I told Demar, what did I tell you when I came in from break? He said, when Sylvia comes in here, don't laugh. You know, just just play it cool. And I'm like, okay. He had no, no idea no. what I did. He had no idea what I did. So when you walked in, you thought she was what? I thought she was going to be talking about whatever prank that you pulled. And then she so it was about- a prank. But yeah, it but wasn't your jacket, your though. Jacket. Why would you pick your jacket? You missed the prank. <laughs> You're talking <laughs> about your jacket. Miss, I didn't miss it. This year's the thing. I had a terrible headache yesterday, so I thought I was all out of it. And so when I saw that, I was like, huh, maybe I mindlessly did that. <laughs> but you didn't mindlessly but leave your jacket somewhere else? Where's my jacket? Wait, who would mindlessly put their phone on Th- their that's chair? That's why it's called mindlessly. That You're, was some you headache. You do it without thinking. That's a hell of a headache. I, I wasn't. I was in pain. <laughs> I was not feeling. So we, and I say we, and I mean me. I definitely did the phone so thing. You did, so there was a half prank. No, there was a whole prank. You just missed it, and you went with your jacket that you left in your own studio. You were so out of it. I was so out of it. So there you go. So I wanted to tell you the truth on the air. Dang it! You missed everything. It went. Oh, no, I didn't miss anything. No. Like I, I know. I right I looked at head. my phone and I stood there for a good two minutes, and I was like, "When did I do this?" Because I blamed myself. <laughs> Did you go home and, and question yourself a little bit more? No, I definitely thought I was like, man, what else did I do? That's funny. That is funny. Did you take any Tylenol at least? I did take Tylenol. Okay. I took ibuprofen after when there I got home. Yeah, and I felt better. So that's you're some good. hell of a headache. Yeah. I, How, how's your phone today? Did it did it miraculously end up off the... No, okay. no, no, no. You know but why? My headache, my headache is coming back after being here. <laughs> 100%. After dealing with you, after guys. After dealing with you. No, after dealing with you, Q. No, it's Demont's us. fine. No, no, no. Devon's fine. No, it's us. No, it's Devon's fine. No. He, he kept it from you. He knew something was up. I didn't, didn't know, know what exactly. was up. He, he didn't, didn't know what was up. He didn't though. know the details. No, he didn't. I and I believe. doubt. And I didn't think he was going. Why would Q take her jacket? Because right. I was looking around like he didn't bring a jacket in here. So obviously he right. didn't take and it. And so that's why when you said, "Did you guys see someone go in my office and take my jacket?" I was like, "No," because I... because we didn't. <laughs> so I was telling the truth. <laughs> well, mystery solved. Yeah. You jerk. <laughs> Sylvia, 10 to 3 uh-huh. on Comp, our sister station, which is also uh, the station that airs the Raiders games on the FM side Absolutely, of things. Absolutely, yeah. And she's also our voice girl. She mm-hmm. does promotions. Yeah. She deals with pranks that myself and Damon pull. And, and I blame myself. And you blame yourself. So thank you for your efforts. We appreciate yeah, you. whatever. Can <laughs> I go? I'm going to go. There you go. Sylvia for you, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. Appreciate you, Sylvia. There you go. Good stuff. 3.57 is the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number three. It's Raider Hitch Radio 920.